Welcome, everybody, to the Future Belongs to Creators podcast. I don't know why that was so upbeat. Um, I guess I'm feeling in a happy mood today. <laughs> I'm joined by my beautiful, wonderful co-hosts, Haley and Miguel. And this is a show about the creator economy. Last week, we talked about influencers versus creators. And we got into some real great discussions about what it meant to be a creator and how much influence you had and sort of led to us feeling like we should do a, a whole episode about the responsibility that a creator has to their audience, to do right by them. Is that a thing creators feel? I don't know. We're going to discuss it today. And we've got a bunch of people here in the chat and I hope that you all will share your own thoughts as we get into this. How are you both doing today? We had Miguel join this call. He had some internet issues and he joined right before I hit that go live button. We didn't tell you, Miguel, but Haley and I decided we were going to go live without you if you hadn't joined right then. <laughs> no, no, just go on, go on without me. It's fine. I thought it would make for a wonderful entrance. Yeah. Like you could have just shown up being like, oh, I did it. Yeah. Reset the internet. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that, what's great about this is like now I feel really good about being here because I had that momentary dread just before we went live and then it all worked 20 seconds before we went live. <laughs> so I'm feeling good. Like it's, yeah, it's, this is intoxicating. <laughs> it's a great feeling. <laughs> I know. I also feel great. I feel like uh, last week, Charlie got off, once we got off the podcast, if I'm remembering this correctly, it was a dreary Wednesday and Charlie got off the podcast and she was like, damn, I feel good now. And knowing just spending time as remote workers, spending time with two of my coworkers talking about stuff I enjoy. It's just fun. So yeah. I'm feeling great. Super fun. And all you people as well in the chat, you, you, you're a part of that. So thanks for being here. Thanks for watching. Like I said, as we talk about this topic, please share your own thoughts, answer the questions that we ask each other yourself in the chat. Uh, let's keep this conversation going. Before we get started, though, I do feel like um, Teddy's YouTube video deserves a oh, call yeah. out. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Not because of the content, because the content, I mean, come on, that was like, you know, everyone's making fun of me over here, which is fine, <laughs> which is fine. No, <laughs> I rather enjoyed it. But. We need to give some backstory. Um, Haley made a comment about British subjects in the last episode, and Teddy made a hilarious comment in the chat about that. And then he made a YouTube video. <laughs> about that whole situation and about how the chat can impact the live podcast. It was great. Yes, yes. But but this is more, uh, at ConvertKit, we do this thing, we do like celebrations, public celebrations. Mm -hmm. So every team meeting we have, we do these public celebrations, which is really fun, gives people life, and it gives you an opportunity to call out people that have done good work. This is more of just like a celebration for the fact that it was Teddy's first YouTube video. Yes. Like, you know, we have talked, like some, like that first step is like the worst or the hardest step, you know? And he took it at my expense, but he still took it, you know? So I think job, Teddy, Teddy was celebrating you with that video. So <laughs> it wasn't at your expense. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Okay. May I ask you a question about responsibilities for the audience now? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's start with what responsibility you feel to your audience. Because we all have audiences. I know, Miguel, you're not on social media and things a lot personally, but like we have an audience with this show. I'm keen to hear what responsibility you feel to all the people listening right now and Haley for you as well and with Happy Happy Houseplant, with Creator Sessions. Yeah. Do you feel a responsibility to your audience? Yeah. So on the most basic level, I feel responsibility to provide value. Mm. To me, I see it as a contract. So if I get your attention in return, I want to give you value for that time that you're spending on me. And 
hopefully make you feel like you find value and you'll come back next time. So I can't imagine how I could show up to something and just not be prepared. And I mean, if you're going to show up and I'm just going to sit here and not have given this a second thought and just sort of wing it and not do my fair share of preparation, then I just, I feel like it's not, I'm invalidating our contract because Mm. you showed up and I didn't. So that's kind of how I see it. What do you think, Haley? Yeah, I agree. I think one of the things that Miguel actually brought up right before this call was like the responsibility of spreading information, you know, like the information that you share. And I think 2020, uh, gosh, 2020, man, right? But there are so many, so many things that people were talking about online. And there were so many dangerous things that people were talking about online, right? And my audience on, let's say Instagram, for example, it might not be huge, but I do know that if I was like, I really felt over the course of 2020, a really big responsibility to learn myself before I shared any information or I shared my opinion on thoughts because I feel like a lot of people take to heart their, we'll call them like their inner circle. They're very close friends. Right. And that's most of like my social following, let's say on Instagram, like they really take to heart, um, your peers and your good group of friends, like their opinions. So I didn't want to share any information because I know that my opinion to my following was going to be weighted because my following Mm. is a lot of people that I actually know. Right. I didn't post very much of anything uh, this year as it related to like heavy topics because I didn't feel knowledgeable enough to be talking about a lot of things. Okay, yeah. But what about um, the responsibility to your audience in creative sessions, for example? Is the responsibility you feel to them, does it extend past the information that you give to them? I don't know. Is there anything else that comes into it for you? And maybe not. That's fine too. Like, Anything is a valid answer here. I'm just No, no. I mean, the context of the show for creator sessions, right, is giving other creators a platform, right? So like, I feel like it's my responsibility to book artists and to book the right people that are sharing Mm -hmm. the right message. I was really intentional about booking a diverse group of artists. But then one of the things that in our conversation that we have before recording happens is that this is your time to share your story about your work. And some of that work and some of that art might be hard things to talk about, right? Race being one of them, or, you know, there was a lot of things that were happening or that were sources of inspiration for the creators that were on creator sessions where their art was driven by things that have happened in culture that don't shed a positive light on humanity. And it Mm -hmm. was really important for me to give them a platform to tell that story, even though it was hard. A really good example of that, this episode hasn't had that many views. There's whatever backstory to that, Um, but it's Pat Casso's episode. He's a performance painter and he painted alongside common song letter, letter to the free freedom whatever. I'm having a mom or blank, whatever. Uh, (laughs) anyways, but that was a challenging, like he, he painted a noose, right. And he's painting this performance piece and it was a really strong stance and a really strong, it was a really strong message that he was saying. And I wanted to give him the platform to say it. That's a really interesting point, Miguel. Maybe you want to go into this now, but we, we were talking sort of briefly before the show about this idea of giving a platform, right? 
Because I think that as a creator, you can have the responsibility to give platform to other people. And that comes with its own set of like, you know, when you give someone a platform, you're telling your audience inadvertently that you are happy to share this message, I guess is one way that you could say it, that you are wanting to put this out there and that you are wanting them to see it. Yeah, Miguel, did you wanna share your what you were saying before on that? Yeah, it's kind of exactly how you framed it. I feel like you giving a platform to somebody is kind of a way of endorsing them. So it's a big responsibility because in a way you're kind of co-signing whatever it is that this person's about to do or say. And sure, you're, you're, it also depends on the context of what you're doing. So if it's sort of an interview show, the interviewer and the interviewee don't necessarily have to see eye to eye. And yep. maybe it's your responsibility to your audience to have that contrarian opinion while they're there and kind of be the advocate for the other side of the conversation as opposed to just sitting there and just nodding and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, or just asking questions and just letting them say whatever they want and then moving on to the next question without addressing something, especially if something they say might come across as, you know, controversial or 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 maybe it's not described well enough for your audience. So you step in for them and say, can you go on a little bit more about what you mean by X yep, yep. or Y or Z? So part of that comes with your own ability to be a good interviewer and uh, like your own skill set and just, you know what you want your podcast to be. And so I feel like there is a set of responsibility there for you to advocate for your audience because I mean, sure, here we have a little bit of a chat and we have conversations going on the side. And sometimes we highlight those things and bring them into the conversation. But that's not necessarily always the case. Or in the case of our podcast listeners, they're not participating. Or if you're not here live, you're not participating. You're just listening to it after the fact. So being able to call things out in the moment for maybe later listenership is also important too, because once it's done, it's done. And then you're sort of backpedaling at that point if something wasn't done properly or, you know, if if somebody went on your show and misrepresented something that you implicitly gave your plus one to because you never addressed it, you just let them say it and moved on. Mm. So that that to me is scary. So that's why I had Ben on because Ben's my good friend and he would never do you that. You could trust me. him. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I think that's a good way of putting it though, Miguel, that it's by having someone on to your platform and putting them in front of the audience you've built, you are implicitly giving a plus one to the things they're saying, unless you call it out and it's a debate and a discussion and things like that. But I think you still have to own the responsibility that you put that message in front of those people now, right? Like for the ideas that were expressed, no matter how far out or like contrarian they are to yours, you gave space for them to be in front of your audience. Mm -hmm. And in some cases that's you actually serving your audience by putting those views in front of them you know, giving them alternate ways to approach a problem, things like that. But, you know, it has its positives and negatives. Mm-hmm. What about, we've we've got the really good response in the chat. As you were saying that as well, Miguel, I was thinking like, we do, yes, people can chat and we choose, we have a responsibility to only pick the right things to showcase, you know, um, in this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that I've never seen a message in the chat, you know what, that I probably wouldn't showcase. People are great sharing lots of value in here. But I want, want to bring up this one from Ben, because I like that he says that the responsibility he has to his audience is to do no harm. That for the most part, he's creating for himself. Um, he's creating the content he wants to create as long as he's doing no harm. And I think that's a really good way of putting it. 
it brings me into this another topic I want to talk about, which is like, where does the line end of this responsibility? Because Miguel, like you talking about the value that, you know, the responsibility you feel to bring that to our audience here on this show, that could get weighty, you know, that could get heavy over time, like always putting pressure on yourself every moment to be delivering that value. I know that's definitely a pressure that I've felt on my YouTube channel. Uh, the bigger my audience has gotten, the more that sort of like weighed on me. I don't know. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? Where does the responsibility end in this discussion? I don't know, but I do sometimes wish that we could just like, I know how we could pop up their chats. Sometimes I wish we could just like zoom them into the conversation, right? you know, like <laughs> join. <laughs> Where does the responsibility end? I don't know. I think I, I, yeah, I definitely agree with Ben's thought on, on that is being a creator can be a lonely world, you know, and if you are so focused on creating for someone else other than yourself, then you could end up going down a scary, dangerous path. Uh, in that way. And something that's ultimately not very fulfilling, right? If you're creating for other people and not creating for yourselves. And this goes back to the episode that we had, which was uh, creating for what others want versus what, what you want. Yep. As far as where the responsibility ends, honestly, I think the way that Ben described it was, was great, right? Is that you're mm. ultimately, you're doing no harm. I think that's a good measurement, right? Because there's on the scale or spectrum of content, right? Like let's look at happy, happy houseplant. Like I have really fluffy content, you know, like my content for the most part on happy, happy houseplant, along with my partner, Mandy is mostly about taking care of houseplants, right? So the most harm that we're going to do is we're going to help you kill your plant. We give you misinformation and you're going to kill your plant, you know? That's unfortunate, but sometimes those things are like, you know, out of, out of our control. And obviously we don't want to do that because our goal is to help people that have black thumbs, turn them into green thumbs, right? On the other spectrum, right? There's content out there that is, um, there's this great Instagrammer. She, her account has blown up. Uh, Sharon says so. She was a, like a high school economics teacher. Um, she did debate and all this stuff. And she's, grown massively over the course of the last, I'd say six to eight months. And she's covered everything from the presidential election and she covers like government for adults. So she basically will is teaching, reteaching the government and, you know, a lot of things that I have forgotten since we'll say like high school, things that I learned that Miguel probably knows because he was a high school teacher, but reteaching mm -hmm. these things about our democracy to adults that have forgotten this information and her content it's really important that she doesn't provide any sort of misinformation, right? Like that actually changes people's decisions on, let's say, for example, who they're voting for yeah. or what their stance is on conspiracy theories like QAnon. Do they believe it? Do they not believe it, right? Are they spreading misinformation? So her content is so important because she's trying to stop disinformation. For sure, it's a scale of type of my disinformation might kill a $5 plant from Walgreens, you know, yeah. her disinformation is going to change the way that somebody votes or more continuing to spread further disinformation, which is a lot yeah. heavier. I think if I spread misinformation to my audience, it could negatively impact their careers. You know, like I, I guess that's the harm that I could potentially do if I gave someone poor advice when they asked, like, how do I handle this promotion discussion? If I gave them something that's going to cause them to, like, say something they absolutely shouldn't to their manager or something like that, you know, they're not going to think very fondly of me that they followed my advice and then lost their job or something like that. 
Hence the world of disclaimers though, right? <laughs> like this is like the world of the internet. You're like, do not take this information as medical advice, right? Like every yeah, yeah, health yeah. and wellness podcast that you've ever seen says, you know, like go to your doctor. If you're feeling sick, don't, you know, take apple cider vinegar for everything, you know? Yeah. Well, that's where I think this, this line ends is that we have a responsibility, I believe as creators to do no harm, like Ben said, to communicate information that we believe to be correct, either from our experiences or our research or whatever. If it's our opinion, clearly state this our opinion. But also the audience has a responsibility to be like grown ass people as well. That's exactly what was, <laughs> that was going to be, that was going to be my point. It's like at the end of the- He wagged his finger at me. Yeah. 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 No, like I was like, yes, that, that's exactly what, uh, uh, what, what was going to be my thing is at the end of the day, it's advice, right? It's not a command. So mm. I'm saying if I were you based on what you've described to me, this is what I would do. I'm not saying go do this. This is, has my stamp of approval. It's a guarantee. And if you do this, you have guaranteed success. And if you don't, then you can come chase me with a pitchfork, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, that's not, that's not how this works. I mean, just, you know, you have to be mentally prepared for, to me as a consumer of content and also as a creator, you have to be mentally prepared for what, not just what you're receiving, but how your work is received. You need to iterate on that, learn from it when possible, and then use that to get better at what you do. You're not always going to do the perfect thing. You might sometimes misspeak. You know, if 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 a newspaper prints something that's wrong, it will correct that. And and you know, with editorial, I forget what what it's called, right? But like, if something was misprinted, a retraction. A retraction, that's the word. Yeah, they fix it because they realize that you know they have a lot of responsibility to get it right. And we're, we're human, we make mistakes, and sometimes we don't get it right. So even if you wanna create purely for, the, for creation, if you wanna think, okay, I don't wanna have my audience in mind when I'm creating something, I just wanna have the perspective of, I'm just gonna put out whatever I want, and if people like it, great, and if not, great. And the effect of that is, well, it's your responsibility to some degree. Like, if you don't want it to affect your work, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you you have responsibility for the work that you put out. But the people who are listening or reading or looking at what you're doing also have a responsibility to understand that this is one person's point of view. It's the internet doesn't wash our hands of our actions. And mm. I feel like sometimes where that like the internet has this like buffer zone where like if I'm not right in front of somebody. I feel a lot more emboldened in what I'm, what I say and what I do, because like that person's not going to punch me. Not he can't punch me through my computer. I can say whatever I want and be a total jerk, right? Uh, or do something that's crazy because I have this like distance from the consequences. But as a creator, your consequence can be that your audience leaves you, or 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 you get the audience you don't want, which is scarier. Yes, that too. I think that maybe not everyone is as motivated by the like doing right by people side of things. Like we just have to accept that that's a fact. Some people aren't motivated by that, but maybe a way to flip it is that it's your reputation on the line here, not just your responsibility to do right by an audience, but it's also if you do things that are doing wrong by your audience, is that a way to phrase that? It could be harming your reputation. And like, surely that's something that we all care about is the the presence we have in the world and you know for better or worse what people think of us and yeah you know, what what value we're bringing and may, I don't know maybe people who aren't so driven by the audience responsibility thing might be more driven by that part <laughs> I want to bring in this comment here from Design Extreme 
as a creator, is it okay to share knowledge even though I'm not perfect on that topic? I think this is a good point because we're just talking about misinformation, right? And we can only share what we know. And I would say that that's where it ends. Like it's your responsibility to share what you know, not to share things that you don't know. So if there's parts of a topic that you're not an expert in, maybe just don't share those parts. I don't know. What do you both think? <laughs> Gosh, I feel like you can go, you know, like on the weighty weight weightedness, right. Of the topic. Like this question is obviously I can answer this very differently. Mm-hmm. So we saw a lot about a lot of this, uh, coming from like, you know, black creators during the, you know, during like the heat of 2021, mm-hmm. where one of the things that was important, I think to the black community, at least what I heard from black creators was that people acknowledging that they don't know, but sharing what they do know, right? Yes. And recognizing that I don't know everything, but I do know that this is an important topic or this is something that is important to share. And that by silence in some cases was louder than sharing, like than not saying anything. No, that was right. That's the same thing. Whatever. You get what I'm saying. (laughs) That's your answer. I don't know. That's my answer. I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you know. think, Miguel? Because <laughs> yeah. I think this is coming probably from a more teaching perspective um, side of things. Like if you're sharing information on a topic and you're not perfect at it yourself, you definitely don't have to be perfect at anything to teach it, but you can only teach what you know. What do you think, Miguel? I think Haley nailed it by saying, I don't know. I think that's exactly <laughs> the point. I think it's important to highlight what you don't know. I think like if somebody asked me a question when I was a teacher you have to resist the urge to feel like you're like this all-knowing sage and mm. just be okay with highlighting what you don't know and say, I don't know the answer to that, but I will find out and get back to you. That's the best way to handle that sort of situation. Research actually shows that if you are somebody who is willing to not just say, I know the answer, but is willing to point out, actually, I don't know the answer, not only does it does it create more trust between you and your audience, but it also makes people listen to you more because it kind of breaks up the dynamic of I'm going to ask a question and you are going to vomit knowledge. Like if I come out of nowhere and just say, you know what, I know I'm an expert on this, or I know you came here because you think of me as someone with answers, but I don't have the answer. And that's a big part. Yeah. That's a huge sign of respect. I used to talk about that a lot actually, uh, in coaching is that like building relationships with my players when I coached, uh, volleyball is that saying that you didn't know was a sign, like was something that ultimately led to greater respect for me as a coach. But I listened to, was listening to, for those of you guys uh, who don't know, um, Adam Grant, he's phenomenal. He's amazing. But I was listening to a podcast actually with him and Gwyneth Paltrow on the Goop podcast. And he was talking about this, uh, this exact thing. I think he called himself like an information, was it like a logic bully, you know, but he was talking about this idea that by saying that you don't know the answer, that you end up building better relationships with people. And also that leaders, people that are in a leadership position who can say criticism out loud about themselves also end up having, you know, like their peers and their followers, fans, audience, whatever, end up having a much greater level of respect for them. And I think back to that on the creator side of, or on the convert kit side of things. And there have certainly been mistakes that our leadership team, like, you know, we're a young, we have a young leadership team and there's certainly been moments where they've recognized mistakes that they've made and it has ultimately made us want and to desire to follow them. Right. And so I yeah. think that that as we're kind of 
leading into that conversation, I think that response, that's a huge part of being a responsibility as a creator is that when, or if you do share misinformation or you do say something or share something with your audience that you come in and you say to your point, Miguel, Hey, I was wrong. This Mm -hmm. is a retraction. And that could be something on as simple as, Hey, so I told you to put vinegar in your houseplant soil and that killed your plant. I'm sorry. (laughs) Or it could be, Hey, I talked about this thing that was really important to our culture and to humanity. And it turns out that I was wrong and I shared some misinformation and I'm sorry. Right. And I think that's, that's a really important thing to be able to do in a position of leadership, in a position of authority, in a position of influence, which is what we had talked about last week is, you know, not all creators having, or all creators have influence. Um, and I think that that's really important skill to have. Agreed. I just want to highlight this comment from Teddy while we're still sort of on the topic of the teaching. If you're not a guru, you can be a guide. So, right. You don't have to know everything about a topic to share about it. You can guide people to the correct information elsewhere. It doesn't have to come from your brain. I like that, Teddy. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And something that you made me think about, Haley, is there's this guy I love. And his name is, uh, I want to say it's Steve Ramsey. It's definitely Ramsey. I don't know if he's Steve or Dave. It's something like that. But One of the Ramseys. Uh, <laughs> one of the Ramseys. Uh, Dave Ramsey, the financial guru? Nope, not Dave Ramsey. Then it's Steve Ramsey. I, that's why okay. I always think Steve, too. Yeah. yeah. But before we before we get go down the Ramsey uh, sidebar here, I just want to say he did this great video where he was like, he's a woodworking guy. So he's like, hey, I'm not going to get too far into the weeds here. But he said, I think that this type of way that you join wood doesn't work. It's a waste of money. It's If you buy this tool, it's like $200 and it doesn't really add any value and you're wasting your time and your money. And then, of course, there were people out there who swore by it. And mm-hmm. so people went all up in arms and said, actually, I use this all the time and I love it and it's great. And it makes everything that I make so much sturdier and better and whatever. So rather than digging his heels in, he was like, you know what? The last time I actually tried doing this was a long time ago. And I decided then that this sucks. So I'm actually going to buy one of these things and I'm going to try it again. And I'm mm-hmm. going to do a few tests to like basically figure out if it actually does make things stronger or better or whatever, if there's some value to it. And he did it and he's like, okay, so you know what? Turns out I made up my mind about something and then just like stood on that soapbox forever because I feel like I checked that box off and was like, I have decided that this is terrible and it is just terrible forever. And he actually revisited it because of his audience and he made a great video about how he went back. So it actually ended up generating some really cool content because he was willing to realize that he kind of dug his heels in about something that turns out that he was wrong about, or at least at the very least, it's subjective and there's no right or wrong. It's good for you, but eh, I have other methods that are just as good or work better for me or whatever. So yeah, just being able to pivot like that um, is really cool. And just using everything as a way to engage your audience, as opposed to like, let's create sides and just yell at each other about what our different perspectives are, you know? So I love that example. That's a really good example. I feel like I want to share an example of where I saw a creator recently not quite realize the responsibility they had to their audience and it went a little bit wrong. 
Um, and I'm not going to name names, but anyone in the design industry will know what I'm talking about. So whatever. <laughs> uh, recently, this design leader, who's like very well respected in the design space, like has a large following on Twitter, especially, tweeted something about um, design portfolios, saying that if you have design or creative in your portfolio URL, like in the link, it was a sign that you were not professional. Like that was something that only like juniors did or whatever. Like he didn't go into detail about it. It was like a little quippy tweet, like. I automatically discount designers who have design or creative in their portfolio URL, something like that. And there was people who replied being like automatically taking that as a joke. There was people who replied being like, what the fuck? This is a stupid piece of advice. Oops. I dropped First F-bomb. First oh, F-bomb. That was it. There Damn. It I for sure thought it was going to be me. Was <laughs> my bad. My bad. Let's get back. <laughs> yeah. There was people who were like, this is stupid advice. Don't, don't listen to this. Like, designers have enough enough things to worry about when they're trying to get a job. Worrying about the URL name is not one of them. And like, spoiler alert, I was one of the designers who were saying that. Then there were others, there was junior designers being like, dang, oh no, I've done this. Like, I've got this in my URL, I feel so stupid or whatever. And later on, he followed up saying, oh, this was a joke. Like I was making a joke about the fact there's so many rules that designers put on uh, portfolios. And like, you know, I was just adding my own stupid rule to it but it wasn't clear from that one tweet that it was a joke. And that's what was getting shared, right? And so inadvertently, this creator was giving bad advice to people because it wasn't clear that it was a joke. And I don't know, he followed up saying it was a joke later, but I think the damage, quote unquote, had already been done around the place. Um, hmm. I don't know, just, I think he learned from it, but it was a just a sign of like how something so seemingly small and insignificant to you could actually have an impact on other people. And I think that as creators, we have a responsibility to that. And uh, to your point, Miguel, I don't know, do we have a responsibility to show audience to be PG-13? I don't think so. I think we're past that point. <laughs> we, we've gone over this and PG-13 movies are allowed one F-bomb. Okay, so as long so as neither of you we're swear. still within bounds. Okay. Uh-oh. Haley, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Does it count that my cup says it on it? Just put the cup down. Put the cup down. We can't yeah. risk it. Can see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One last question to round us out, maybe, because uh, yes. I feel like it's going to be a short answer. Is it possible to be a creator without having this responsibility to your audience? No. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel, were you joking? Because remember, we have to be clear about that. No, I'm not joking. Okay. Wait. Okay. So you think you can be a creator and not have this responsibility? Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, the question is if it's possible. Is it right? No, but it oh, is possible. Okay. Okay. So I think it is possible to just be completely brazen with what you do, depending on what your goals are. Like if your goals are just, you know, really selfish and um, yeah, you can totally just do whatever you want and, you know, the rules be damned or responsibilities be damned. But I don't think it's right or responsible. You know, if you have the, if you are of the mind that you own your content and what you mm -hmm. create and nurture in your audience, then naturally you should own whatever comes of it, good or bad. Mm. However, you can just choose to ignore that responsibility. And I mean, some people get a lot of attention just being hated as well. So it's not all about being loved. So mm. I don't know. I don't, I, that, that's, that's my two cents. As you were saying this, Miguel, I was thinking like, okay, well, maybe this is where the difference is between influence and responsibility. Like maybe responsibility is something that you feel and that you have to like accept to some level and take on, like even if it means owning the consequences sometimes. 
But influence is something that we all agreed last episode that a creator has no matter what. If you've got an audience, you've got a way to influence Mm -hmm. them. So maybe that's where the difference is. That's really interesting. Good callback. (laughs) I'm like, now I want to retract my answer, but I think- (laughs) Well, I was going to say no to start uh, start with as well. I I just logically, (laughs) Haley. Well, here's here's what I thought. Going back to this this gal, Sharon Says So, who I, like I said, a massive fan of. Mm -hmm. She also talks about whales, which I really like marine life, which I find to be really comical. So it's like politics and marine life. And it's just really entertaining. Great combination. Yeah. But- One of the things that she talks about is uh, there's a lot of people on the right and the left, different political parties, right, that what their goal is is to try to get people to think the way that they think, right? Mm -hmm. And their goal is to try to, you know, what she's very clear about is that in order for democracy to be a democracy, you have to have multiple parties, right? You have Mm -hmm. to have two different parties. At least. Exactly. At least. And I think that that's an important, like a differentiator, like that, you know... How do, how do we identify good versus bad if there's no good or bad, right? If it's just, mm. if it's all blurry and one thing. And so I think that there's no way on the internet that we're ever going to be able to, everyone on the internet's going to be good. We know that this screen is a magic, uh, a magical little place where uh, either wonderful people put out wonderful things or really bad people hide behind it and they say really horrible things and perpetuate problems that we have in this world. Yeah, I, I agree with Miguel. Possible and uh, right. Yeah. I now things. agree with, yeah. with Miguel. I also. now <laughs> agree with Miguel. His logic Oops. bulliness. He logic bullied me into a different different way of thinking. <laughs> and I also just want to bring up this one as well. I think this is a great point here as well that Fakam was talking about um, this example I gave, asking, does it limit the means of social media if he's not allowed to speak his mind freely? Speaking about this creator I was talking about. And it's like... Of course, anyone can speak your mind freely. But the main thing that I think we're trying to get across is that when you speak your mind, you also got to own whatever comes of that. Like if you want to say it as a creator and whether you own it by just not caring and just like watching the world burn or whatever, as uh, Ben has said here, um, that's if that's the direction you want to go, then fine. Would prefer not to be the case. But um, yeah, that can happen too. Cool. Any last thoughts? Or are we about wrapping up? Well, this was fun, guys. We got into some heavier stuff today, but I think it was good. It's important to talk about. It went heavy. It got heavy pretty quick, you know? Yeah. We were all like <laughs> upbeat right in the beginning. And, and then we're like, <laughs> misinformation, fake news. Yeah. <laughs> I blame Miguel for that. Miguel po- Miguel said right from the, <laughs> before, <laughs> before the episode started, he said, so guys, is this too dark? Uh, and then that was like what was on my mind right when we started. So that's where I took us. Apologies. Oh man, like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I <laughs> I said that I said that to be like, hey, let's call this out. Do we want to steer away from this kind of stuff? Because yeah. I don't want to be like, you know, the, the Eeyore of the podcast over here. But <laughs> I guess, you know, it turned out good. I like the conversation and the chat would have you think that we were just joking the whole time. Thanks to uh, Ben and <laughs> Teddy's banter. The chat enjoyed this, I hope, anyway. And you know what? Anyone who's listening to this later on in the audio version, maybe you should come join us on youtube.com slash convertkit at 6.30 Eastern time next Wednesday and be part of this great chat. (laughs) Or watch Teddy's video on why he says show up live, right? It's the perfect example, (laughs) except not. (laughs) Because it made fun of Haley. (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. Thanks for the good conversation, you two. Thanks to the people in the chat for your contributions as well today. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, friends. Bye. Later, guys. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com slash free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.